0: Welcome back to another episode of Bed Letter. I'm your host, Christian Ashelman, and this is the podcast where we chat a, a little bit about our psychohuman brains, a little about our loony human behavior, and a lot about how it all fits together. So it looks like we've made it to episode 22 here. Um, thank you to those who've been out there tagging along. I appreciate it so much. Um, and taking the time to listen, it really does mean a lot to me. Um, thank you. Just thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, If you're interested in any more of my work, um, other than what we talk about here on the podcast, be sure to head over to cashleman.com. It's uh, c-a-s-h-l-i-m-a-n.com. Over there is where I post to my blog, and I have a page that kind of describes the different uh, editing, tutoring, and mentoring services that I offer there as well. Um, And then tied with that, I also have a Patreon that gives you access to the Bedletter Community Discord server, um, newsletters, monthly newsletters that have information about the different uh, news articles that we talk about on the podcast, uh, and things like that, and a whole bunch of other, other stuff as well. So uh, again, you can find all of that stuff over on my website. That's cashleman.com. So uh, today's episode is a what I'm going to call a, uh, a Bed Letter lesson, I guess we'll say, Um, and it's kind of an idea I've had because, um, as I've discussed in the past, I've been kind of intrigued at the idea of implementing some type of, uh, some type of, um, English or, or, uh writing type of lessons or, or something like that, some sort of to, tut- almost like tutoring or, or, tips or something like that into the podcast. Just cause I, I like writing and I think it'd be fun way to be a fun thing to implement in kind of uh, similar to, you know, a couple episodes ago, there was the, uh, metaphor episode and that was all about a piece I had written. And so similar to that, but uh, today's episode is kind of the first in a series of, um, of of what I'm just going to call bed letter lessons right it's just going to be a uh kind of uh, a topic that I choose and then kind of peel apart uh, look at kind of address the who what where when why on it and then uh kind of walk away with some kind of goal or some kind of thing you can work on i guess um if if that's what you're interested in so um i'll probably put i'll probably put lesson before the title of a lot of these ones specifically uh, but we'll we'll toy with it and we'll see how it goes um, so yeah, the, today, what we're going to be talking about is going to be, uh, don't edit while you write, right? So first of all, what am I even talking about? What does that even look like? Right? Editing while writing is what many of us do, particularly when we are needing or wanting to produce something that is really substantial or impactful or argumentative, right? Really, it's it can be in anything that you're writing, but in these specific types of writing, the ones I just said a second ago, editing while you write can be uh, can definitely be the most disruptive, right? Um, editing while you write can look like a lot of things, right? So if you're writing an email, or if you're writing, uh, or more specifically, if you're writing like an essay or a paper for school or something like that. Um, Editing what you write can look like pausing to correct minor spelling mistakes uh, constantly. It can look like backspacing entire sentences three or four times just in anticipation of finding like the best way to say something. Uh, editing while you write can uh, involve reorganizing lines and paragraphs within the whole piece while you're midway through it, or even trying to like constantly come up with different synonyms for other words too. That's one that I know I fall victim to a lot while I write. Um, when I'm writing is, is I'll try to find different words that mean something that I'm thinking like different synonyms for words. And I'll, I'll, I'll let that fragment my writing flow. Um, and, uh, so that's one I fall victim to, but it, it can even be something, um, like going back and changing the title of your piece a million times of your essay or whatever it is that you're writing, uh, could be, you could be writing, like I said, a, a an argumentative piece, a school essay, a blog post, whatever you're writing, um, But yeah, I mean, there's a million and one ways that you could go and be editing while you're writing. And what I want to talk about is why you shouldn't be editing while you're writing, why you should just write and edit after, right? Two separate, two separate things, two separate activities that that should not be done at the same time, right? So why is editing while writing damaging to the creative process? So editing while you write causes you to constantly double check yourself, first of all, right? So while you're, while you're in the process of editing, um, or while you're in the process of writing, excuse me, um, you're, 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 you have a stream of thoughts and a stream of, of sentences and words kind of pouring through your brain. And if you're editing while, if you're editing that as it's just being created and just coming through your brain, you're constantly going to be double checking everything as it comes through, right? You're going to become overly critical of your work before it's even finished. And, and, and slowly following that line of thinking, you're going to become overly critical of your very own thoughts, right? If you're, if you're constantly editing while you're writing, which leaves at the end of the day, which leaves no, no create no room for creativity or risk in writing. It really leaves no room for any of that because you're, you're constantly filtering everything through whatever you're, edit is, and it's, it's good to edit. I'm not saying to not edit. I'm just saying while you're writing, it's, it's actually extremely detrimental. Detrimental. <laughs> and and furthermore it wastes huge, a huge amount of time because you're just you're fragmenting everything that you're that you're thinking of you're interrupting your train of thought constantly so, and it, and it when you do that at the end of the day what it can, can kind of can make for is really choppy and somewhat unorganized writing and and those same things in regards to like people reading it it can be kind of choppy to read and seem a little scattered um just if if you're constantly fragmenting your your stream of thought, your, your train of thought. And, and oftentimes your mind will subconsciously think about issues that you come across in your writing as you continue through the writing, right? Similarly to how, um, I don't know if you ever heard this in school, but similarly to how you like skip answers on a test. If you aren't sure about what the answer is on a test, they say, you know, teachers and lots of people say, they say, come back to the answer later. Uh, since your brain kind of has a chance to wrap itself more around what the question was that you don't understand. And you're able to conceptualize a little bit more without even really almost realizing that you are. That's why they tell you in school to like skip, skip answers on tests that you don't know the answer to, because as you go through the rest of the test, you're going to be kind of dwelling on that one and other answers are might lead to a solution to that first problem. And it's the exact same thing in writing, right? As you get through a piece, you might find something that is super substantial and helps you solve whatever issue you had in the beginning of the piece. And, but you won't be able to know that if you're continuing to fragment your thinking and fragment your thought processes as you're editing the piece. So, um, I frequently like to test myself in my own writing and to try and not edit at all while I'm writing like in the, while I'm in the process of actually writing the piece. Um, if there is a mistype, I'm, I try to move along bad idea. You know, who cares? It's, it's honestly really hard for me to not edit while I do that. Like I have to specifically have a, uh, a, uh, exercise to be able to do this. Right. But more recently, um, I wrote a piece about the stock market craze that's been happening with GameStop and an AMC and all these different stocks and I used this method to the, to the fullest extent that I could and disclaimer, I have edited one or two, you know, things I've edit Well, I've edited a few things in the piece just because I posted it on my blog. Um, you might've already read it if you've been on there, but, uh, mostly this article was just left mostly untouched, um, by me after I wrote it other than mostly just like grammatical issues and stuff. So I'm just going to read the piece and kind of just see what, see what you get, just kind of a bit of voice and things like that. And it's just kind of A stream of thought almost. So it's called Let Em Trade. The last couple days have been incredibly interesting as I sit back and watch the spectacle and craze of the internet take over a once unbreakable Wall Street. I mean, they truly have done the unthinkable here, not in the sense of a short squeeze occurring in the first place, but to the extent with which the amount of organization, if you can call it that, that this movement has occurred. Personally, I have been a member of Reddit for for a decade now, and having heard of our Wall Street Reddit, or yeah, our Wall Street Bets, even being subscribed to it for the last few years i never i would never have thought such impact could have been orchestrated from that little nook of the web but here we are on the eve of february 2021 with stocks looking like a racing heart monitor and millions of americans and people everywhere are downloading their little applications to their little phones and figuring out how to potentially make big money and and a lot have even made a made it large already after all it wasn't long ago that amc and gme were valued at the at the cost of a combo meal at McDonald's. Now, the other interesting tidbit, and the part that truly shows the internet is bandaged together, to some degree, is the moonshot of Dogecoin. What a meme. I am a firm believer in cryptocurrency. I have been hodling Bitcoin for a long time now, along with several other coins. However, Dogecoin is actually just a meme coin. Leave it to the internet to pinpoint the exact currency that has no solid base and is claimed to be the preferred coin of Shiba Inus everywhere. It's way too perfect. The beauty, irony, comedy, whatever you want to call it. I, for one, am hoping the internet keeps trudging toward forward and holding these stocks, making the hedge funds think twice about how they operate. I, for one, also think people need to be held accountable for the halting of the purchase of various stocks retail buyers had little to no ability to get their hands on some of these stocks which is really a stumper due to the glorious and heroic motto that is blasted all over robin hood's advertising democratizing finance for all yeah okay this craze is not something that should be deterred or ignored there is no unsophisticated investor there is no market abuse it is a free and open market where positions were made known prior to being enacted and every person that deposited a dollar of their hard earned cash knows and understands the risk let the people trade for the health of the economy and of the retail investor I would predict a majorly I would predict a majority of the population have little or no money invested in anything except for their annual three cents dividend for keeping money in a savings account. This was me for a long time as well, blowing off doing the research required in order to learn how to make money work for me and that brings me to this avalanche of investing we are seeing right now january twenty twenty one It is a beautiful thing because its it's showing every age group that investing doesn't have to be difficult it can actually be an extremely simple experience that and that simplicity and ease of access adds immense value to the marketplace. So for this, I would say let the people trade. Take some amount of risk, whatever that number may be. Put the money, put money that's laying around doing nothing into action. And who knows, something exciting might happen. I'm no expert and I won't profess to know where or how exactly you should invest, but there is some kind of a financial revolution happening on our doorstep and it is invigorating to take part in. So that's the piece. Um, like I said, it's called "Let Them Trade." It's over on my blog, but I—I kind of just wrote it. I like—I literally refused to edit it while I wrote it, right? While, while I was writing it, I went back and fixed the spelling errors, obviously, and stuff like that. But I, while I was writing it, I refused to go back. I was just kind of free-flowing with my thoughts and letting them go. And and some of them have actually been proven wrong, right? To like looking back, um, there's a couple of things that have not quite gone as I was saying in this, right? The, like, for example, the bit about Dogecoin being just a meme coin. I mean, it, it is, but, um, factually it is accepted in some places now. So I guess that does add value. Um, regardless of that though, you can kind of tell that it's, kind of almost a stream of thought. Now, one thing I love about this exercise of not editing while writing is that I feel more, a lot more voice comes out and you can really easily tell that at some points it's just a string of thought moving from one thing to the next. Obviously, if this were a more professional piece, I would need to edit a lot of things and it would, it would need to be a lot more, um, spruced up, but probably, and I'd probably even need to like hot swap some words and remove just to, and remove some just to be more succinct. That's one thing i definitely wasn't in this as i used a lot of bigger words just and it just added length that kind of felt like at some points um but this art and so this article is far from perfect but it gave me a wonderful like springboard to bounce ideas off of and not editing it while i was writing it allowed me a lot of like mental freedom to express how i actually felt about it right and that that doing that will like teach you something about yourself your writing and and it can really allow you to learn how to be more open to even what your thoughts are or what you're what you're thinking or what your beliefs are so um after all of that, what can, what can you do to be better at not editing while you write? Um, the first thing I'd say is to try this exercise, pick a topic, sit down and who cares? It doesn't matter what it is. Um, and nobody's going to see it anyway. So who cares? Unless you want them to and just totally write uninhibited. Okay. Like uh, just freely, just whatever pops into your head, you start writing. And, and often this type of writing is called stream of consciousness writing. And it's super, super cool. Like, it's, it's honestly so fun because it's there's no shame in it and there's no worry in it because you're not uh, concerned with the you know other people taking it seriously or needing to worry like you, and that's, that's the whole point even if even if it is something that you end up sharing and is is, is really like you know some piece of beautiful writing um, going into it with the idea that you're uninhibited and you're free to say whatever you want whatever pops into your brain first is just powerful in and of itself right so um one book I would recommend if you wanted to like read a book that is directly like written exactly like this, the whole book is is called Reality Hunger by David Shields. Um, it's uh, it's a book I read in college, and it it's really cool. It's just like numbered. It's just almost like imagine you wrote down all your thoughts one after another um, as you were as you were thinking them and you just numbered them and it's almost like this whole book is just like that and it's just it's so interesting it's just a giant stream of consciousness like um I have it right here it's uh let me find a let me find short a short one just for example so like here's one 89 if my uh if my forgeries are hung long enough in the museum they become real that's just one of them like it's just a thought that he had right number 80 is I, I exaggerate 82 is Art is not truth. Art is a lie that enables us to recognize truth. And some of them, these are all short ones. I'm just choosing short ones because I don't want to read a whole bunch of big ones. Some of them are way long. Some of them are, you know, a couple of pa- like a page or two or whatever, but there's a lot. Um, I mean, he's got 500, 600 something. It's a really cool book. I would highly recommend it. Um, Reality Hunger, a manifesto by David Shields. Really cool book. And it really helps you understand what this whole stream of consciousness writing is. So... Um, furthermore, what can you do to not edit while you write? I would say don't concern yourself with what others think or with what, with what you think others will think about your piece or even what you think you're going to think an hour from now about the piece. Cause who cares when it's this type of exercise? Just like totally write uninhibited. Um, I, I did find one article, uh, on medium.com written by, uh, Keston Harris. And it was an article about why you need to stop editing while you write. And I was kind of pouring through it. And there's a couple of things that jumped out at me. And I'm not going to read the article, but just a few things that popped out. Um, the first thing he said in it is write a vomit draft, right? A vomit draft. I love that because first of all, you're not going to forget it. A vomit draft like, ugh. and, but I love it because what it's doing is you're just blurting out, you're vomiting all your words out onto the paper. And that's exactly what you want to do for a first draft. You don't want to concern yourself and worry about, about getting everything right the first time. It's awesome to get things right the first time because it saves a lot of time. But when it comes to good writing, I think several, you know, several editing sessions are definitely needed and getting out, vomiting it out of first draft is the most important part. Second, one the second thing I noticed that it that popped out at me in the article is that it recommends he recommends the Pomodoro technique, which is a technique of work where you work for twenty five minutes and then you rest for five minutes. And so it's a it's a half hour, in every half hour block. There's twenty five minutes of work. There's five minutes of rest. Twenty five minutes of work, five minutes of rest. And so um, they recommend trying that with this technique when you're writing, you know, essays or whatever whatever it is you're writing. Um, and I thought that's kind of cool. I haven't, I've, I've heard a little bit about it before, but, um, that sounds like a very productive and useful technique to use. Uh, and then the third thing that popped out of me from it was that, um, just to help with the exercise of not editing while you write is to keep your hands on the keyboard during this exercise. Literally do not touch the mouse, right? Cause the mouse is where you're going to be able to click around, scroll up to a page, find where your right click words that are spelled wrong. Um, spell check, all that stuff. Don't touch the mouse just put the mouse to the side you could even you could even unplug it you could even move it try moving it don't touch it just type just type 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 right just for this exercise um, and so doing small things like this, I think will really surprise you on how big an impact, you know, how big of an impact it can have. Oftentimes, small and simple exercises that engage and train one specific skill like this will have effects on your efficacy in countless other areas, which means that, uh, meaning that by by bettering your ability to believe in yourself and not be overly critical of your thoughts, you're actually directly allowing yourself to become, uh, not only a better thinker, but also, uh, a better speaker, a better writer, all of these things. You're just able to better communicate to yourself and to others so much more effectively. And so, um, and honestly, right? Honestly, because, because there's a lot of, um, openness and creativity that comes into being able to allow yourself to be that open. So, um, I would say, you know, try this exercise out and don't be scared of just how rough a rough draft can be. Uh, remember about the vomit draft. Um, vomit's gross and a rough draft can be as well. But again, one of the most important things. And if you do try this exercise out and you would like to share your drafts, I would, uh, head over to my Patreon where I have details on my Discord community and, uh, channel and stuff like that. We have chats, um, for episode discussion on the Discord community. We also have uh, chats for like random general talk and places to share rough drafts and stuff like that. So definitely do that, but I'm probably going to wrap up the episode here. Um, if you enjoyed listening, be sure to follow Bed Letter. <clears throat> oh, I'm growing up. No, Be sure to follow Bed letter on whatever platform you prefer. Remember that you can check out my blog and other projects that I'm working on over at cashleman.com. That's C-A-S-H-L-I-M-A-N.com. If you are super inclined to do so, like I said, I have that Patreon where I have details about more specific and personalized editing, tutoring, mentoring stuff that I offer, um, mostly in regards to, um, kind of like what we've talked about here, English and writing, but other things as well and then as i said also all info is over at my website cashleman.com um thank you so much for tuning in i really appreciate it guys hope you enjoyed this bed letter lesson and i hope you have an awesome week and i will see you next time on bed letter